there's video from I guess it's last night's house show for WWE where a fan brought a sign ringside to Cody Rhodes asking Cody to be his best man and Cody accepts being his best man and said he's going to be his best man which one hey he absolutely just took the baton from John Cena being the baby face of WWE because who does that uh but two if you guys could pick any wrestling personality to be in your wedding party who you picking past or present as long as they're alive don't matter but we have to take them for what, who they are today. Absolutely. Uh. <laughs> Who's a partier? I'd have said. I'm going. I'm going Jay Uso. Okay. I know I like for that. sure that we would have a incredible time at the at actually at the bachelor party, at the <laughs> wedding, at the reception. Uso is going to make sure that everybody is loose. So I'm going Jay Uso. I would take his brother Jimmy because I think he has a better record of having more fun. <laughs> oh, that's a little rough. Yeah, actually, I'm with Rhodesia. I met the <laughs> Usos as we did. We both, <laughs> all of us, met the Usos multiple times. Awesome guys, but Jimmy is the pup, the bubbly personality. You know, probably, probably Jay is more like me. Like once I get to know somebody, once I get warm with somebody, I, I light that's up. That's true. Yeah. Like right. Yeah, it's a good. Call. And whereas. Jimmy's like Matt. Like, he's the guy that's talking to everybody. Like, right? That's he's the guy call. that's talking to everybody. He's the one. He's the life of the party. Jimmy got to get... I, I think Jay got to get warm. For me, you know it got to be Cody. You know, my my, my brother from... Was that mother, you man. at ringside? Was that, was that you with the sign? <laughs> oh, I'll get remarried if I can get him in, in, at the... <laughs> at the Renew. Hey, we're going to do a Renew, Cody. I need you and, and, and Brandy there. I, asked, I might go down to the yoga studio. Get a little yoga done. You know, holler at Brandy, see what we can do. That's but awesome. you know, it's, but, it's funny you asked that question because actually, it sounds like maybe Solo might have been the most the most fun. We just see him in this character of this is. hard nose, like not playing around. But but Solo might be it. He might I'm be sure him. He probably is. Yeah. You might be. But him. the good thing about doing Jimmy because you hopefully get the combo with Trandy too. There we so go. You get, you get like a two for one special. Yeah. So we all picking the Usos or Cody Rhodes, which should have been the main event of WrestleMania, but it looks like ain't nobody picked The Rock. That's interesting. Nobody won at one time. Oh, well, it is what it is. We are two episodes away from our 100th episode, which is pretty damn incredible. Thank everybody who has listened and supported the pod over the last year plus. We love you guys. This is episode 98, so we got two more to go. Uh, I am Matt. We have Rhodesia. We have Ishan. Rhodesia, um, I guess you can take it. For SmackDown, because weeks and weeks ago, weeks ago, we talked about our top five wrestlers, and you hit us with the Roman, 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 Roman. So whenever Roman's on camera, I like to I like that. send it to you so you can give us that, just like whenever Cody's on, I like to give it to, to Eshan. Walk us through uh, whatever you want to talk about with SmackDown. Roman was back, and boy, do I have thoughts on a couple of, of things. Most notably, we're going to talk about the Heyman interview we actually are going to play part of that and kind of just talk through how incredible this man continues to be on the microphone but ready i'll throw it to you what you got around smackdown 
First off, we got a SmackDown go- um, episode going on over at Ishan's house right now. <laughs> they going hard. They lively over there. Get them on air. Um, well, let's just start with the main event, and then we'll lead into Roman. So main event, triple threat. Y'all know how I feel. Usually, I don't like triple threats. This one was an incredible one. So the way I took SmackDown this week, I have one word for it, love. The many things I love about SmackDown. So I love that this triple threat made all three guys look strong, like super strong. Now, one person didn't look like they didn't belong in that group. That's really hard to do. It takes veteranism, if that's a word I just made up. But hmm, that, it's, it takes that of a wrestler to be able to execute a triple threat where I'm excited. I'm on the edge of my seat. The freaking um, a phenomenal forearm into an RKO, sick, completely sick. And then, of course, we didn't get a winner. Why didn't we get a winner? Because... The tribal chief returns. The bloodline come in, lays everybody out. And what I love the most about this main event was two parts to it. But the the main part that I love about it is as cool as a cucumber, Nick Aldis. What'd he do? He talked to Paul Heyman. Hey, congratulate Roman for me. Why is that? He just gave himself, got himself a four-way at Royal Rumble. Now, we heard this, what, about a month ago from a certain person on this show. Mm-hmm. Did we, did we not? Did we, did we not? I didn't see it. I I, I thought after you said it, okay, I can see that happening, but it played out beautifully. And and it's not cheesy. It's not corny. Like I said, I think how great that match was that we saw in that triple threat, for me, it made me feel like, okay, I'm actually all eyes for this Fatal 4-Way Camarillo Rumble. Um, Seeing the match, main event first, and then kind of what happened with the bloodline. How did y'all feel? The match went. How did y'all feel with Roman returning the way that he did? Great match. Great match. You know, um, before I get into the match, do we hear from uh do we hear from LA Knight on SmackDown? We saw a video package. No, they did a fantastic video uh, package for him. Awesome video package. Breaking down twenty twenty three and then what his mission is for twenty twenty four, but no, he didn't have any live. He hasn't grabbed the mic in a while, right? We haven't had we haven't got those those yeah with the with the crowds yet. But I thought all the guys looked great. Um, as Rhodesia said, that uh, spot with uh, AJ, with the springboard, going for the forearm, gets the RKO. That's the one thing I always love about Randy Orton and RKO. And even DDP. DDP used to do it all the, all the mm-hmm. time. Rhodesia, you didn't see it back in the day. But they would he would do these diamond cutters like out of nowhere, right? It was always like a different variation. And it's always cool to see when we get Randy. But... Guys, I don't know if we want to talk about it right now because we say we got a lot more Heyman and Roman and Cody to talk about. But I can see a way for them to get the title off Roman onto someone else without Roman actually losing. I think that right, would be right? horrible. I saw that online Friday night, which is correct, right? Like it is going to be a fatal four way, and you can have the title put on Orton. Because Orton is one of them makes the most sense. It's not going on AJ, and it's not LA Knight's time. But oh my God, if you in this three plus year reign, <laughs> and Roman doesn't get pinned, I think you just wasted all that equity you built up. You can't do that. You, I, I don't think you can do that. I think that would be horrible. But there's a way you can do it. I just I would hate that. I oh would hate God. it too. Yeah, I, I would hate it. Because just so, because you built this up and then he didn't take the pinfall. So like you took the belt off of him and I would feel like, say if so, let's go with Orton. Say Orton wins the Royal Rumble match and he pins AJ or he pins LA Knight. Orton doesn't get that rub of 
the two thousand whatever the, I don't know how many day how many days is. yeah yeah but he doesn't get that I feel like whoever takes that title from Roman has to get that rub because if we if he doesn't get it what was the point of doing this entire thing and hey, let's let's walk through this right now right so if you want Roman to look strong at Mania so let's say we ultimately want to get to a Rock and Roman match at Mania right I would love to see it okay. If Roman goes into that match with the Undisputed Championship against a Rock, who wrestles every 10 years, about to be 70 years old next year, like, going into that match, it's a spectacle in itself, but you know Rock isn't winning that, that championship if Roman has the title. Let's say you want Cody to finish the story at Mania against a credible champion, and it's not Roman. How do you not let Roman lose steam by taking the pin? Right, because now he's going to take a pin at Mania, right? And then a couple months later, potentially take another pin, maybe against The Rock. That might not be a good look. It might be a nice way for Roman to come back at some point and say, hey, I never was pit for this championship. I demand a rematch against whatever champion is there, mm-hmm. right? And now, now with Randy Orton, maybe Randy Orton is the one to get that pinfall from Roman. But he's not really the guy that's being projected, right? It's going to, hopefully it's Cody. Cody's the guy that should be getting that rub. Not Randy Orton, who could potentially lose the belt a few months later to a surging Cody Rhodes. So it might make more sense for him to pin like an AJ Styles. Like, right? Because outside of uh, AJ turning heel, putting on some black jeans and getting more muscular and putting more color in his beard, he still was the cold guy from a couple months ago that people were complaining about, right? So he could take that pin and we can have some great television lead up into Mania with the three of those guys. However, Roman's still strong. He still is undefeated in four years. He still has that, right? He still can keep complaining about he was never pinned for the championship, right? And Ro- and Cody Rhodes can continue his surgence to the championship and eventually the two of them meeting at a big PLE. Who? Who's the two? Cody and, Cody and Roman. Well, because well, if you do that, then you go Cody and Orton at Mania, and you give yes. Cody the belt. Yes, Cody, Cody and Orton. Right, Cody wins, and now you're not sacrificing, you know, Roman's uh, undefeated streak to uh, uh, Randy Orton, who's going to be potentially losing to Cody at Mania. Right, because that that seems like a, a waste of equity right there. If Orton's going to beat the streak just mm-hmm. to lose to Cody a couple months later. It'll make sense for that to be on the line on another day. And that's why, like, I'm so excited to see how they pull this off. Because what I originally said, and it still could be what happens, is you go Rock, Roman at Chamber, and then you go Roman and Cody, Night 2, Mania, unless it's not, unless they never was a plan to put the belt on Cody this year for some reason at Mania. Yeah. But I just yeah. feel like everybody is taking this story as finishing the story is taking the belt off of Roman. And it's never been just about taking the belt off the of Roman. It's always been about him just getting the title his dad never got, finishing that mm-hmm. story. But now it, it's it's coming to this big thing of it's Roman versus Cody. And I, I think, I, I still wouldn't want Roman losing the belt at Rumble unless it was against Cody one-on-one. Then I think, right. hey, we can do that. But you got to figure out a way, even if Rock interferes, so say if Rock interferes, ding ding if ding. We, it, yeah, if, if we go with this, hey, we want to have this match at WrestleMania. 
then Rock's got to interfere either then at the Rumble or at Elimination Chamber if Roman is is working that event in a title match. Because imagine that, imagine that, Matt. Like, imagine you got the four-way, right? Roman's outside the ring for whatever reason. Maybe he's beating up somebody, and then all of a sudden you hear, if the smell, right? And then The Rock comes out, walks out. Roman nose-nose with this guy. They're barking at each other, right? Then all of a sudden in the ring, everyone's startled. Randy Orton catch somebody slipping. Man, Boom, RKO. Championship. Roman looks back. It. I would love it. Right, if and it that's some, that, there we go. Now we have some animosity. If it wasn't thousands of days in this streak, I would I would love that because I because I I just don't think that the, if if Roman loses his belt because of interference from The Rock, I think that also takes this entire streak and throws it in the garbage. Because then, like whoever beats Roman, when Roman loses this title, it needs to be without a shadow of a doubt that like. I've always thought it would be Cody and they would have callbacks to the first Mania match. Everybody from the bloodline is going to run in. He's going to eat four spears and 22 Superman punches. And he gets through all that. And he pins Roman definitively. I think that is the only way to make this work for all this to be a thing is whenever he does lose, it's got to be definitive on your own, whoever does it. But it's not going to be in that four-way match. It would be a one-on-one encounter if that were to happen, right? So if you think it's going to be a definitive win for whoever against Roman, you can't do that in a four-way match. You can't. My top five is not losing at the Rumble. The only way that my top five, meaning Roman, 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 the only way that he's losing this belt this year is if he loses it to Cody somehow at Elimination Chamber because of The Rock, maybe not directly because of The Rock, because like you said, you don't want to take away Cody's um, climb to the top of all advers- um, adversary. Adversary? Adversary? Adversary. Hey, adversary. 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 Adversity. You cooking. Adversity. Cooking with grease. Adversity. Uh, adversity. Roll with it. We you don't want him to get the name of our podcast. Adversary. We got you, sis. Keep rolling. But how do you, I don't even know how to spell adversary. So anyways, we climb up top. Adversity is the word. And... That'd be the only way I, I'm willing for my, my top five to, to lose his belt and not break Hogan's streak is lose it to Cody at, in Australia at Elimination Chamber and because of indirectly The Rock and now you have Rock Roman at Mania. Otherwise, then you can have your Cody and your um, Randy at Mania and then he, in Survivor Series, he drops it. But point is, Roman's not losing at Royal Rumble. It's flat out. There's no way uh, he's losing that Royal Rumble. It was, it was funny watching Roman 2 on Friday. And y'all know I talk presentation all the time. His presentation is second to none. But what he brings to the show when he's on the show is just like, you, you can't, you can't, um, it's hard to kind of like put into words besides just saying he has it. And it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, say, tell me more. I don't, I don't watch wrestling. I don't know who this Roman Reigns guy is. Explain to me why he's so important. It's it's kind of hard to put into words what he brings to WWE television when he's there. Even when they just pull up, he just laughs when uh, Kayla asks about The Rock, right? Even that, that takes a certain type of aura to be able to pull that off. And then the shot when his music hits and he's walking down, that look he has on his face, it's like, dude, that's the guy. The guy is incredible. Just everything that he does. He, he's in a great space. I just hope to see more of him in 2024. I hope we don't get what we got in, in 2023. But it was a good piece of business. And yes, 
uh, December 19th, I think it was, on on this very podcast, I brought mm-hmm. up about the, the Fatal 4-Way. And uh, there it is. Some of y'all out there is going to start listening to us. There's a couple more things that has been said on this podcast in the last few weeks that is going to 100% happen. And I got the clips ready, baby. I'm putting them out there. And y'all need to tell your friends and tell a friend and tell a friend and tell a family member. If y'all not on the TFW podcast, you get incredible banter. You get friends talking and we drop Make, jewels. Made up words. We dropped all, oh, man. Yeah, I told you. We got this already. I cannot wait to put this in to the internet to see how I can spell it. It is absolutely going to be the name of this podcast. <laughs> I love it. Anniversary. <laughs> um, but remember how I was talking about love, love, love. Everything about this show is love. And we talked about this on the Best of series a couple weeks ago as far as best promo or talker. And I know we pulled Paulie off and said that he can't be nominee because he's not a wrestling talent. We have to revisit this, y'all. We have to revisit. Um, Ishan, do you have the clip ready? I do. Ready for I, it? I, yeah, I just want y'all to listen to this, and then hopefully we don't get any copyright issues, so I'll start talking in the background, too, so they know that every 30 seconds or something. But I want to hear how y'all feel, how he executed this. This is a guy who has never been in the ring as a wrestling talent, putting on promos that makes me so invested to want to watch and participate like he's to me right now the best thing of the bloodline so if you get a chance go ahead and play that and i want to hear what y'all thoughts are how beautifully executed Polly did this promo the rock name drops roman reigns because the rock wants to sit at the head of the table. To sit at the head of the table, one must be invited to a dinner of relevancy. The Rock has not been invited, nor will he be. Pause that right there. I thought that line was a big, big line. He won't be invited to this, which means he's going to have to crash it. I thought that was huge. He's cooking. Yep. Nor will he be, because The Rock is just like everybody else. He's looking for a shortcut to the headlines. There's only two ways in this world to guarantee going viral. One, date Taylor Swift. Two, call out Roman Reigns. I did think he was going to bring up Logan Paul there. I was like, that's going to be a hell of a rub for Logan Paul to talk about going viral. But he brought up Taylor Swift instead. Roman Reigns wins a match. Out comes John Cena. Roman Reigns wins a match. Out comes Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns beats Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes still talking about finishing his damn story. And probably was about to come up in a minute is my favorite line of all times. Go ahead. CM Punk comes back to WWE after 10 years. Welcome back. CM Punk says he's the OG Paul Heyman guy, which he is. Till I upgraded from best friend to advocate and upgraded from advocate to wise man. Oh boy. Yo. Oh boy. Oh boy. 
if he did not tell you where he was aligned uh, with, who he sides with, dude. <laughs> and what I what, actually what I loved about that even more, of course, I love the bar of upgrade, upgrade. But I I, I really just enjoy the welcome back. Yeah. Yep. Right. That that's like a one of those type of hey, if you know, you know, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like hey, I gotta I'm gonna put you over in the promo, but I'm also gonna dig you too. I saw I did see a conspiracy theory or a, a theory storyline theory of what if this entire thing is set up by Heyman for Roman to lose the title so Heyman can go back to punt. That's cool too. And I would say that would have been a great potential situation, but then he wouldn't have said I upgraded and then I upgraded like Heyman. He just wouldn't have thrown punk under the bus if he was going, if that was the, the end goal. But Thought, I thought that line was incredible. Knight, Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and LA Knight all fight for the privilege of getting smashed by Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. And the one man that wins tonight will be smashed by Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble the same way whomever opposes Roman Reigns in the main event of WrestleMania will be smashed by your tribal chief. Smashed by the head of the table. Smashed! by the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. Because there's not one man on the face of this planet that can beat Roman. He talking that talk, man. He talking that talk. You know, I, I got a thing that I do a lot. Like, if I'm watching something, I, I'm, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not, where I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. I heard enough, right? It could be like somebody who sucks. They do something good. I'm like, all right, I've seen enough. This person's the GOAT. I've heard enough. Paul Heyman's the GOAT of, of this here talking thing. I don't think anybody for sure in my lifetime is going to be close to him. And I think he's going to go down in history as absolutely a top two talker in the history of pro wrestling. For someone to have that much passion and to, for you to gravitate on every word, even with the little stupid piped in sound, that was a crazy, crazy promo. For someone who has not taken a swanton off the top rope who hasn't taken bump after bump after bump unless he's getting attacked by said wrestler. How do you even have that passion? How do you even have it in you? I mean, he, he was made to do this. His yeah, creator, buddy. his creator, when he was on the manufacturer belt, it was like, Paul Heyman, he's going to have this. He's never missed with me. Never. Master at work. Master at work, guys. You know, like the promo itself, I had to really stop and listen to it because I still, I was still kind of unsure if we're gonna get a Rocky and Roman moment anywhere, maybe a Poe in Australia, wherever. Mm-hmm. But with Caleb Braxton asking Roman Reigns about it at the beginning of the show, and the crowd was so loud, I couldn't even hear really even hear what she even asked him, right? But you know it has something to do with Rock. And so he had to address it. And then we got this awesome Paul Heyman promo. I'm like, oh, man, we're, we're going to get this, right? They're, they're, they're putting too much time into talking about these men meeting for them not to deliver it at some point. Yeah, man, it, it, what better place can it be? But and the reason why I loved it, I loved it, too, because it made sense. Like, why would Roman waste his time talking about The Rock? Yeah. 
dude, like, get out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm running this. I've been running this. Like, that don't even get out. You have no chance against me. Right. You ain't wrestling. I don't know how long. I don't even justify that with a response. But Heyman will. Yep. But guys. And Heyman put fire guys, on that. Paul Heyman also kind of spoke to why Roman Reigns, I'm sorry, The Rock doesn't deserve to be in the ring with Roman Reigns at this Correct. point. Correct. Right? Let alone at WrestleMania. Like, why? How, how can they get The Rock? And this is where it comes back to the championship. Mm-hmm. How can they get The Rock to Mania against Roman Reigns, their hottest wrestler in, in, in a decade, in a championship match? What does what what has The Rock done? You know, this kind of goes back to, you know, a year ago on on Cody's journey, right? Got debuted at the Mania, ran through Seth, got down to the Royal Rumble, came in at thirty one, right? And we feel like he didn't deserve it. Well, The Rock hasn't wrestled in years. He may or may not be in the Rumble, right? Does he deserve a shot at the undisputed championship? And that's why I'm willing to accept Roman not breaking the record because of that exact reason. Because I would be a hypocrite because I said Cody didn't earn it last time. So Rock absolutely deserves a shot at the, t- at the as a tribal chief, the head of the table. Absolutely. Because that's something that's beyond wrestling. That's their family. But for the title, probably not. So if someone argued and said Rock doesn't deserve a championship title, I probably couldn't argue you. I mean, for me, everything that Rock has done for the business, yes, he absolutely earns it anytime he wants. But I could see somebody say no. He just storyline wise and just from fandom, no, he doesn't deserve it. If somebody told me Rock doesn't deserve a match against Roman Reigns. Uh oh, I know what you're gonna say. You know what I tell them? What you gonna tell them? Shut the fuck up, it's the rock. <laughs> nice callback. That's what I would Love tell it. them. Ishan, you brought up a great um, question, comment. We were talking about uh, in, the, in the text thread, kind of about Hogan. I think he's got like his 40th anniversary coming up, and there's plans for them to do some type of celebratory thing on TV. And we, we talked about, um, can you separate art and talent from the, the person? In this particular situation, it's, it's Hogan versus Terry Bollea because we know all the racist stuff. Now, he, he is saved. He got baptized a couple weeks ago, and I, we just came oh. out here last week, and I talked about, hey, everybody deserves forgiveness or a chance, but he, he's had his chance numerous times to, like, apologize. He really didn't apologize properly. So who knows what's what with that? But let's talk about that. Let, let's – I would love for you to start because you have, I think, a different take than I do on this. I'm not sure I do. I mean, it, for me, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, much like a lot of people, was a reason why we got into wrestling. I think Ricky Steamboat was the first wrestler I saw that really dragged me into wrestling. But I saw Hawk and soon after, and he he took it from there. I was a Hulkamania, Hulkamania big time back in the day. So when I heard the comments that Hawk made, it was it really hurt. And what hurt even more was a lack of apology, right, as Matt spoke to. He apologized. But here's the thing. He, his apology seemed more of a, like, hey, you know, watch what you say around certain people. Right. Like, <laughs> right? 
it wasn't like, hey, I'm sorry I offended, you know, the black community or X, Y, and Z. He was like, hey, yeah, my bad, but, you know, watch who you, who you pillow talk with. That seemed to be the gist of it. And so for years since that, I've been anti-Hawk. You know, I, I play the 2K games. I don't play them. If I do, I, I, I whoop that A. You know, I whoop that ass real, real good. You know, I, I, my fandom for Hulk Hogan just hasn't been there. But I thought about something as I'm getting older. I'm like, look, there's Terry Bollea. I think I'm saying his name correctly. Mm-hmm. And then there's Hulk Hogan. Now, much like Ric Flair and the person behind Ric Flair, they kind of intertwine, but they're not. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan I know, wasn't a racist. Like, right? The character, not the man, the character was not a racist. He was an all-American. He was defending the American flag. He was a great, he was a good guy. He was there for the people. That character is not the man. So going forward, Ken, is there a way for us as fans? A lot of fa- a lot of you look, know, I'm not going to talk about specific individuals, but a lot of people think that way. Like, hey, I'm a fan of the character himself, not the man himself. Can you guys separate the character from the man with your fandom? What I'm about to say is a slippery slope. But ultimately, for me, I feel it comes down to what did the person do? So being a racist, I probably could separate the two. I didn't get into wrestling for Hogan. I got into wrestling because of The Rock. Being like a child molester or a rapist, no. Being a murderer in the streets like the rappers, because that was the life that you lived, I probably could separate the two. But being like a human trafficker, no. So I think it just comes down to me of what did they do? Because for me, there are certain morals that I have too. You can't, again, you can't be a molester, convicted molester, and I can still support your music or whatever art that you do. I, I can't. Just in my spirit, I just can't. Uh, but something like, like Hogan, absolutely. I can say that he probably put pro wrestling on the map. I can give him all those props for that. And I could probably separate him as Terry Bollea, the racist, and Hulk Hogan, the American, what was he called? American? Whatever. I am a real American. A real American. American. <laughs> there we go. Right I, was, I was just holding off and you was going to make up a new word. That's why I didn't help you out there. I was trying to say dream, but I was like, we already have an American dream. So, <laughs> dust that road. But... <laughs> Ah, man, that's that's a tough one for me because most of my answer is no, I don't think I can separate the two because I look at like my favorite artist of all time is Michael Jackson. Right. If it was true that he was sexually assaulting kids, I could never listen to Michael Jackson music again. Same way with R. Kelly. I think I mean, R. Kelly is an absolute goat when it like he should have went down as one of the best R&B artists and minds and songwriters in the history of music. And now he's just going to go down as uh, a piece of shit yeah. person who did really unspeakable things to women and underage, you know, teens. Like I can't listen to his music anymore. I don't listen to his music anymore. You know, cause his music is part of that. His music is part of what he was Ooh. convicted for. Right? Mm. Like if you listen to those lyrics, like you talking about a uh, grown woman, you talking about a little kid. He was calling mm. himself the pie Piper back then. Correct. Too, man. Mm. Just flaunting it. Just flaunting it. And like anybody who does anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. they have trauma and they have issues that they need to take care of. Like even Hogan, somebody crossed him at one point and now he has trauma because of that. I just can't 
And Hogan is a, completely the reason why I'm even on this podcast right now, I'm sure. Like, he was wrestling to me. If it wasn't for Hogan, it would be no WWF, just like Vince McMahon. Right. They exactly. were like, side mm-hmm. to side, joining at the hip to make this thing what, what it is. Uh, and I've, I've met Hogan before. And, like, of course, he seemed cool. Like, he would not not seem cool. But, mm-hmm. I, like, I just can't, like, when I see him now, I just revert back to the real person. And I was like, a, I was a major Hogan fan. But then I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because we all are because I love the warrior and warrior absolutely said some things. It's like, dude, you Did can't he? be serious right now. And I met warrior and like had a great connection with him when we had a conversation, but I was able to like, okay, I can move past that a little bit. Yeah, it's messed up. You did this. You said this. So it's like we're all hypocrites at the end of the day. I think, Rodizia, it really comes down to what you said of morally, what are you okay with letting slide? Because nobody's perfect. Right. Um, but I do think if it's anything you can go to jail for, I can't separate <laughs> it. If it's like, oh, I mean, you're just not the person I thought you were. I can still enjoy your talent. Maybe. Okay. I can rock with that. But yeah, like if, if you should be in prison, I can't do it. You know, that's a good way to sum it up. Yep. Girl, yeah. I'm actually with Rhodesia, but that's actually even better because like, yeah, you know. But wait, wait, no. Rappers, rappers, some of them gangbang and I can still listen to their music because that was just the streets for them. And well, they can go to jail for that. But that's different. So if you take like the Young Thug thing, if you if you yeah. believe what his Rico case is for, you can't support, you supporting like 50 killings. That's not really like now we're talking about putting hits out on people and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> okay, all that's allegedly. That you say it, that's allegedly. No, I have to right? purge all my hip hop music now. That, that's a little bit different of you have to survive in the streets. That's not surviving. That's no, like right. going, you're going to What an interesting high. conversation because you think about all these drug dealers that are romanticized mm-hmm. in movies and shows, et cetera, the scar faces. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's kind of like that, right? But I, I guess, I guess I kind of, and I'll end on this one. I guess I'm with Rhodesia. When it comes to children, you know, if you're harming children, I can't, I can't roll with you. You know, like with Tony Balea, you know, okay, he's a racist. I mean, he's got baptized, whatever, man. Like, it's, it's interesting that these things come out for these, uh, these celebrities and these wrestlers, um, how they're changing their lives when there's like a thing in wrestling they're trying to get to. Like, right, we got the 40th coming up for Hogan. We got... Velveteen trying to get back and wrestling and all the change, man, right before these things happen. But, you know, we're supposed to forgive and forget. But as Rhodesia said, there's certain things I can't forget. And a lot of it has to do with with children. Leave mm-hmm. leave children and innocent people alone. Scarface had it, right? You. Scarface said it. No, no mess with children, man. Yep. <laughs> Women and children. He died for it, too. Yeah. I would love... Give Hogan his 40th anniversary or whatever number it is. Have the whole ceremony. <laughs> Ceremony's done with. Hit Roman Reigns' music. Have Roman come out there and say, Old oh, man, that streak that you had is about to be done for. <laughs> Dog, okay. Give it to me. I'll give be doing wrestling for the rest of the year if that happens. Give it to me. I'd have been I I'd I'd a veins. happy woman. Hey, I'd that, might, that might turn Hulk Hogan face in my household, goddammit. I might. <laughs> <laughs> I can separate. I can separate. I can separate. (laughs) At that moment. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, I've been talking about this for three months now. It's time. It's January 7th. I kept saying we're going to have this conversation in January. Started in September. 
Something else happened in October. I said, we'll have the conversation in January. Something else happened in November. I said, we'll have a conversation in January. A couple weeks ago, something happened. I said, yep, a few more weeks. It's time to do this, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm only doing this because of a point I'm trying to make. I am not trying to pit them against each other. We do that too much, right? If something great happens to one person, we always got to say, but what about this person? This is not that. But I feel like they're connected. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. Okay, it's time. It's time to have this conversation. January, yep, okay. And nothing has changed in my thoughts since September on what I was going to say about this. And I wanted to give this time because Trick started bubbling around that time. And I'm like, okay, hmm, all right. Mellow's mellow. Trick Williams will be a bigger star than Carmelo Hayes. Trick Williams will be a better main character than Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes may be one of the best supporting actors and characters WWE will see and have seen in like the last 10 years or so. So this is not a slight or a knock on Carmelo. But when Carmelo was at his highest, Trick Williams was right there. We've talked on this podcast fairly semi-regularly, just like, man, Carmelo's missing something. Man, like, what y'all think about Carmelo? Man, what'd you guys think about that segment with Carmelo? What did you think about that match? And uh, more often than not, it was always like, it was good. But it was always a but after it. It was always a but after it. Always a but. And then we get an episode on NXT. I will never forget this episode. Where Carmelo was like the sidekick. It was when Cena was on, it was the January episode. Well, no, not I'm sorry, not January. It was when they were going head-to-head to AEW. So Cena was there, Cody was there. And they had Carmelo in like this supporting role where every segment he was in, he wasn't the main person, but he had a lot of speaking lines. He had a lot of things he needed to do, and he was incredible on that episode. And I'm like, that's his spot. He's, he's the second. And once again, there's nothing wrong with being the second. I'm not saying he's Marty Janae to Shawn Michaels. Not saying that. I'm not even saying he is. He's probably, depending on what side you're on, he could be the Kevin Nash to Scott Hall or the Scott Hall to Kevin Nash. Some people have their favorites between those two. You look at it and say, hey, they both... Could have been top guys. Like, I think Razor is like maybe like the best Mick Carter in the history of wrestling. He was never like that main event star. I think that's where Melo's at. I really do. When he was on SmackDown these last couple weeks, killed it. His matches with KO, fantastic. You still look and you still say, but man, there's just something missing when he's not with Trick. Now, Trick can go out there by himself with anybody else in the segment, smashes it, kills it every single time. I think that that is where we're going to be at if we fast forward to like the end of 2026 and we see on the main roster, hey, the pecking order, I think Trick has a a much higher ceiling than Carmelo does. Thoughts? Hmm. 
Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. I don't know why you waited so long to say that. Because it's evident. Mm. It's evident. It's been that way. Um, I've been telling you guys about Carmelo, and there's no knock against you know, there's a you know, like uh Kevin Nash had coined a term back in the day like vanilla midget. Oh, we mm-hmm. can't use that word anymore. Well, if this was in the nineties, Carmelo would be a chocolate midget. Oh he did God. he Nash did say that. He did say that. Nash said that, so we gotta cancel yeah. Nash too. He's from the city, though. He's from D, from the D. Maybe we can't cancel. Oh, we can't. No, stop. We, let's well, we can't because you know, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I can separate. Talk about, I can separate Kevin Nash. Uh, Cat Williams back in the day, right? We were talking about Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor. They said things back in the day that you can't say now, like right. <laughs> so now you're saying he's a chocolate little person. Yeah, he's. Yeah. It has nothing to do with. His, and you're saying it has nothing to right? do with his height, is what you're saying. Nothing to do. With, oh, he's little. He's little guy too. I think he's shorter than me. There's something missing on the charisma side with them. It's it, and in some ways, I think there might be something there. He hasn't tapped into it yet. I think there's something. I think there's a charisma. There's a character that's there, but he hasn't tapped into it yet. But Trick has it. Trick tapped into it very early on. Like right, he added all the flavor and charisma to that entire package. Right, he just can't go in the ring like Carmelo goes, but he's learning. He's getting better. He's taller. He's bigger. He's gonna get up more opportunity. He's kind of like uh, Edge and Christian a little bit, right? Like Edge got a lot of opportunity because how tall and big he was. Right, had the awesome hair, good-looking man. Trick already has all those things, and they can work around the wrestling part of it. Right, he might turn into Antonio Dawkins. Like right, Antonio. This, hey, hey, look! I hadn't said it Antonio. out loud, <laughs> but in a in a lot of ways, Dawkins might be a better worker than Taz at this point. Brought that like, up right ago too. You know, stuff can flip, and I think, and I, but I do wonder if some of that though is maybe just with the expectation we had on Montez. But it feels like Montez is in the same spot he was like a year ago. And it feels like every few months with Dawkins, Dawkins is adding something to his presentation or to his in-ring work. Speaking of adding something, you see Roman hit that powerbomb? So he must, he must, he's going to be adding that evidently then to his moveset. Which is great because like powerbombs are like, shout out to Sid. He used to do it back in the day, right? With the shield. That was kind of a thing for him. But yeah, but going back to Trick, yeah, definitely. He he in the the biggest the bigger attribute to being a WWE superstar is the showman skills. And Trick is the better showman. It's 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 obvious. What say you, Rhodesia? I had to look up something just so I didn't misspeak here. Oh, I love it. Here we go. And I looked on Wikipedia, so hopefully they're right. Carm I wanna take them two separately real quick. Trick Williams, I think he it looks like he debuted in 2021 into pro wrestling. Still a young guy. I think he tapped into what being a star is very, very quick. I think he has a physique for it. I think he has the confidence in himself. And we've even talked about this many, many episodes ago that sometimes the technical part of wrestling is the least of what it takes to be a great wrestler. You know, can you go in the ring? Can you captivate the audience? And then how is your work, work rate? Yes. 
Carmelo is much smaller. And I think just inherently from coming up in the WWF and kind of Vince mind that bigger guys are stars. There are some younger, smaller guys that can just break through and still stand out. But if you're not a heavyweight, you're kind of like, all right, you the mid card. Carmelo, I do think, and I've said this before, is going through the motions. He's been in this since 2014. So almost 10 years now at this point, he's been a wrestler, which is a long time. I felt that he became stagnant in NXT, possibly because of the talent that he was going against. And it never elevated him. I think there's still so much more there in Carmelo that we don't see. With that being said, Matt, I remember that episode of NXT that you're talking about exactly. And he thrived in that promo, in that segment. And that probably is segments. And that probably is where he should be at an upper mid Carter. And there's nothing wrong with that because we need everybody to have a different role to make a show great. And and real quick too. And it wasn't, it wasn't about him being an upper mid Carter on that episode. What it was about was him playing off of somebody else. Sure. His timing, everything was fantastic playing off of somebody else. He didn't take his height. He was playing off of trick Williams and trick was playing Mm -hmm. off of him too, but he had somebody to bounce things off of to react. It's like somebody who, if you watch a show, right, you have a host, okay? And they may be fantastic in that role. First take, perfect example, Stephen A. Smith. Molly is the host. He bounces a lot of his stuff off of Molly. It is a completely different show when Molly's not there and Stephen A. has to host. It's just a, it's a different skill set. Right. So, yeah, he's still Stephen A. He's still interesting. He's still going to say something that's funny. He's still going to give you some knowledge. But it ain't the same when he can kind of lay back a little bit and pick apart what somebody else said and play off of them and then hit you with some zingy one-liners. And that's what right now Carmelo just thrives in is being able to play off that other person. But I also, for sure, on, on the mic, I see that for sure. But Carmelo can be a main guy. I, I think, like he said, there's just something that he's just hasn't tapped into and maybe it was again like i said because the last year or so he's been pretty stagnant in nxt i mean he to me him and even braun but more so even carmelo i felt like you got to throw somebody else at these guys to keep elevating them he's been in this in this business for 10 years now he should have been called up to the main card i think last thing i think last thing too and maybe what we're seeing is he's just not meant and built to be a face right now maybe that could be it too it's a lot of different things but there's Mm -hmm. nothing what you said about trick 100 that's why i wanted to take them two separately and like you said i don't like pinning people against each other but i mean this is a fair conversation again trick i think tapped into his stardom much sooner in his pro pro wrestling career carmelo has not quite yet for many probably different reasons but i think two of them couldn't be stars in wwe and And they will be yeah, and I think they Trick is going to be more be. of a star because how big he is, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's more than just size. And Melo is an MVP for the company. He helped Cody get back ready when Cody was getting back. So, like, he's, he is going to be entrenched in there. But, yeah, I, I wanted to have that conversation. I wanted to wait. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say, okay, I want to keep giving it some months to figure out. And we'll see. The good thing about this is we'll be able to revisit it. Hey, last thing on that, too, though, guys. Yeah. You know, if Carmelo doesn't figure this thing out, he's going to be just another great hand. And you know what to say about great hands. 
What they do? What do they say? Three hands. They, all they do, they they get wrestlers. They get other wrestlers ready to be big oh, stars. Oh, I'm thinking about something else. That's Sorry. what he's gonna be. He's gonna be that guy that gets other people ready to be stars. I was talking literally with the hands. Got it. Oh, just <laughs> nasty. I told you there it is. You know what it is, E. Okay. You said it. <laughs> let's um let's transition to AEW real quick. And uh, I kind of want to hit a few things. After Dynamite, I had said, I sent a text out and said, uh, I could do an entire episode on, of this podcast <laughs> on Dynamite. So I'm going to give a real big con- condensed version. Let's start with Deanna Perrazzo. Shout out to Deanna. So happy for her to be able to get the AEW contract. Uh, thought the debut was really good. Mariah May, <laughs> you got to change your slogan. I'm about to give you some free game. Mariah May's slogan is what? Rhodesia. It got to be Mariah. It's all about it's all, Mariah. It's, it's all, all about, about Mariah. Mariah. Yeah. It's all about either Mariah May or it's all about May is what it needs to all be. All about May. Anything? Just like Jamie Hayter, right? Where Jamie's was Jamie hits hard. No, it's Jamie hits harder is what it should be. It just comes off the tongue better. Anyway. Uh, and I love Mariah May. She's she's fantastic. Is what she's doing. But I do want to really quick to talk about the women's division for AEW. Now nothing's going to change unless Tony Khan makes the women's division as big as it needs to be and as it should be. After Deanna showed up, and of course the big rumors of Mercedes potentially signing AEW very very soon. I'm not even going to include Mercedes. Listen just to these names. Tony Storm, Diana Peraza, Mariah May, Ruby Soho, Willow, Chris Lander, Thunder Rosa. And I'm going to throw Athena in there, even though she's on ROH. She's got to show up eventually in AEW. That is like your, your top-tier bucket. And you think about the injured stars that you have. Britt Baker, Tay Mello, Jamie Hayter. And then I go to like that next bucket, right? Okay, so now... We kind of, that's your main event bucket right there. Then now let's go to the people who are bubbling or who can give you good entertaining matches that I care about, right? Or personalities. Sheeta, Soraya, Riho, Anna J, Julia, Sky Blue, Serena Deeb, Nyla Rose, Red Velvet. Hmm. There should be no reason that women's division Ain't only fire. gets one match a show, or is not looked at as a strength of any company. And then you throw potentially Mercedes on top of that? Mm. Because we were talking before about like, damn, man, we would love to see Mercedes in WWE because the talent there, I mean, hell, they got, look at the talent I just named off. And, to, and th- those are the only names for me that I'm like, I would tune in to watch. I, I care about them either from a character standpoint or because I know they can put on banger matches. They have other female performers too that Probably should maybe be on that list, but that is more than enough. More than enough to have a awesome women's division. Wow. All those names. Wow. You're right. I'm speechless. It just it will require the creators or creative team to book them right. You have what it takes to have a very successful women's division. 
There's no question about it. And I just want to mention one thing because um, I saw it on Collision, the Serena D package. I told Matt E, I got goosebumps. Can you believe that? I got goosebumps from, and this could be what they call it, the olive branch. This could be the start of making this women division where it needs to be. I got goosebumps when I saw that Serena D video package. Did you get a chance to see? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I haven't gotten that from AEW from a women's match before. But it wasn't a match. It was a promo well, package. I'm sorry. Pro- promo package. I'm sorry. That got to be the same energy we keep going forward at this point. That energy you put into that video package, let's keep it going. What you're doing with Mariah May, let's keep that going. So I'm going to look at this as a glass half full and that they're trying to go in the right direction with the women's division. Now they just got to show and prove. Guys, I got some stuff on this. I've been actually waiting for y'all to talk about this type of the AEW women's division. They're holding it. Oh, and, and real quick, Anna J. You know, Anna J hasn't gotten any better in ring in the past three years she's been in the company. Her matches still stink. Pretty girl, though. I would love her to get to the PC. Right? Because, matter of fact, Matt, we, I don't think we talked about it. I, I know you mentioned it on Twitter a couple of times. Man, Jay is turning into a all around her. Come on now. At the dungeon. Both right? of y'all sitting like over she, there talking about she, some now nah, I want her NXT. I still you imagine want her putting NXT. her on UPN on, on Tuesdays to no. Put that woman on the main roster with the main talent and watch her flourish. She out there doing triple moonsault, hurricane <laughs> leaders, and quadruple power bombs and German I, suplexes from inside the ring to outside the building. Boy, she but is just out imagine there if she gets more time so she can comfortably continue to learn, man. She is, she's going to be great, man. She's picking up so damn fast. But you talk about Anna Jay and a couple of other women on that roster. Like, they just haven't gotten better as characters or even wrestlers since they've been in the company. And when we talk about, like, that list of people, they've been there for a long-ass time doing the same stuff. And so now you're trying to put faith in a creative team that hasn't fully invested in the women's division in over the past two and a half years. You think they're going to do it, like, what, tomorrow? That's not who this company is, and that's not who the creative leader is in that company. If y'all expecting better stuff, y'all need to get better people to do this. Which is why I suggested to get a specific writer for that a, for that for that division because we talk about like creative like think about what Tony Khan is good at right Tony Khan is good at putting matches together and evaluating talent he's pretty good at knowing who's good and who can work mm-hmm. well right what he's not great at is actually booking cohesive storylines properly consistently right he hasn't shown a, a track record of that and he has a five year history of it he's not a newbie. He's not somebody we can give the benefit of the doubt. We know exactly what he's about. We know what he wants. He he needs to shut up and wrestle or get somebody who can do something better. He's not the man for the job. So we think we're going to get a better women's division because a Mercedes comes in there. I got a newsflash for you. It's not. Like, right? They just don't have the, the proper creative team to properly support her or that division. We've seen it's evident. We got a lot of women that are just been in the holding panel. We're talking about Carmelo stagnant. Half the damn women's roster is stagnant. They've been there for a long time. And they haven't gotten better in any regards, right? There's a couple of them because sometimes the cream rises to the top. Some other people need a little bit of a nudge. Some people need a new environment. Like, right? Talk about Mariah May, right? Creatively. She sticks out like a sore thumb in that Tony Storm click. 
Like, right, Tony has her whole thing. You know, she's trapped in the 30s or 40s or whatever it is. The butler kind of makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. but if you close your eyes, you don't, you know, you can pretend he's not there. Like, right, but at least he looks the part. When Mariah's standing next to Tony, she doesn't look like she's part of them. She doesn't talk like she's part of them. When she came out for a debut, you would think she had nothing to do with those people. Like, right, though, her gear, her entrance uh, video, everything about her doesn't scream that she's part of this timeless Tony Storm thing. Like, right? So separate her. But isn't that the point? I, I, be, the, because, the, I think that's yeah, the but I, think, that I think that's the point because she's just an obsessed fan with Tony mm-hmm. Storm. Tony Storm told her last week, I ain't never seen you wrestle. I don't watch wrestling. Hey, so she if, don't even so know if, her. So if, if, if you're an obsessed fan, we've seen them. We've seen them at conventions. We, we're, we're wrestling fans. We go to wrestling shows, right? These guys are walking around with t-shirts on. They got the championship belt. You mean tell me this obsessed fan wouldn't look and dress like a Tony Storm? Tony Storm? She's not that obsessed because she knows that she don't want to wear that stuff. Like, right? She want to wear her little schoolgirl outfits, and and I love it. She's a beautiful girl. I love mm-hmm. it. I actually liked her match a lot too. But she's truly a, 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 a obsessed fan. She's not playing the part very well, and that goes back to creative. I have no. That goes back with to this. creative. I do, that goes to creative. Think about true essence and. After the show, think what you want. A true obsessed fan lives, breathes their people. They got the t-shirts on. They got the hats on. They got everything on. There's nothing about her. The way she acts seems like she's an obsessed fan. There's nothing about it. But you're missing the big part. She's a a wrestler, though. She is a wrestler. too, if you think about the Trish Stratus, Mickey James obsessed storyline, she didn't dress like Trish either back in the day. But yeah, now, now if you're saying... If you want to say, if you wanted to bring Mariah May in as the obsessed fan that maybe just so happens wrestles, I get what you're saying, E, and I'm down for that. But she's too good, and she has too much of a lineage in wrestling to put her in that just obsessed fan pocket. I understand what you're saying, though, because if you want to take that conversation of bad creative, Mm. that Adam Cole promo. Mm. Mm. I have everything bad with that one. So, your biggest storyline, I'm going I'm to I'm fall back. I'm going to chill out a little bit. Chill out a little bit. Now go, hey, a storyline story story you spent a long time <laughs> on your platforms. Dynamite, go off, King. Collision. Cook. Comes, Cook comes King. to an end at World's End. We've already talked about it didn't hit. The actual execution of it. Okay, cool. I said a couple weeks ago, hey, do the unveiling of the devil and all his henchmen on World's End and on Wednesday's Dynamite. Show all the video evidence that links Adam Cole to the devil. We got the check on World's End. Cool. All right. Hated the way it was executed, but we can make it right on Wednesday. That promo was such a missed opportunity. One, and I know AEW is about the wrestling. Okay, so maybe I just lean too much into story and promo time and things of that nature. And that's fine. That's cool. If you weren't going to have Cole walk us through how he was the devil since August and mainly since November, if you weren't going to show us the videos, of when he showed up and how he was the devil and how everything that happened was under his tutelage. 
then how about we put that promo at the top of the second hour and we use an hour of threads of AEW just showing us how Adam Cole was the devil. 30 second clips of this is what Cole did back in blah, blah, blah. And we build up this promo because this should be why Adam, why? Why'd you do it, Adam Cole? And Adam Cole is going to walk us through why he did it next on Dynamite. And either that's the top of the 9 o'clock hour or that's the main event slot. Because you spent over four months telling this set story. But what we got out of that promo was the name Undisputed Kingdom and damn near a face promo if you listen to Adam Cole. Like, okay, so, so you turned on MJF because MJF cares about nobody but himself. But all MJF cared about was this friendship for 90 days. And then, then we're going to just run back the Luchasaurus and Christian gimmick. Hey, and when Warlow gets that title, he's going to hand it over to me. What? That is what we get from months and months and months of you wanting to take everything from MJF? Mm-hmm. Oh, my man, what? Mm-hmm. And E, you said it on the last pod, right? Or Sunday's pod. You said, why do we expect change if this is kind of where they've been going from a creative perspective? And Rudy's and I argument was because we still need to expect great stuff. Like, you can always pivot. Wrestling is predetermined. You can always erase and write some men. That was such a missed opportunity. I can't. I, I watched that. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I need to fall back a little bit from AEW. It, it worked me up that much. Because I was like, if I feel like people who watch this can create better stories and show threads than the people that are doing it, something's wrong. Uh Something's wrong. And I I don't know if I'm in the minority because I didn't look on social media to see like what people thought about the promo because we were at uh, the Travis Scott concert on Wednesday. So I watched everything on delay, like that Thursday and that Friday. So I don't know what the temperature was from that, and, the, and, the, and overall, I thought Dynamite was really good. I love Takeshita and Darby mm-hmm. Allen. There was a lot of good stuff in it, but man, I just feel like when they have an opportunity to nail something, it's a lot of swing and misses. I started the pod talking about the word love, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to end my saying on this pod about the opposite of love, which is hopelessness. And that's just mm-hmm. what I felt after that promo. Mm-hmm. After them being in the ring... And I'm going to say, when you pull everything back, absolutely, Adam Cole should have been the devil, for sure. I'm mm-hmm. not going to debate that. And I'm not going to belabor everything you just said right there, Matt, but I just felt hopeless as a, as a fan of that storyline. You give me Roddy Strong, Neck Strong, you give me all that, all the, everything was there for it to come full together out of all these months of this storyline. You had everything. I mean, I've watched enough movies to say, hey, I love my favorite thriller movies is when people do that little callback to everything so you can bring it back full circle. Come on. It doesn't take somebody who got a degree in, in production to kind of say that. You're, you're a consumer of entertainment, too. But I just felt hopeless after watching that. 
Oh, gosh. You know, I, I feel like sometimes, well, back in a couple of years ago, I was really guilty of when I would watch the WWE, right? This is the apex of my Vince hate and his creative. And uh, <laughs> I used to get really upset because the people who I wanted to win didn't win and the storylines I thought should happen or I booked in my mind didn't happen, right? And I, a lot of times I feel like a lot of wrestling fans, that's what we do. We kind of book things out in my mind, in our minds. And when it doesn't play out the way we expect or better, we get disappointed in what we see. And I feel like that's sometimes what we do with AEW. But you got to look at it and see what that show is. Like, they've told us what this storyline was this entire time. It's been crappy. It's, I honestly had no intention or no expectation they would be able to make this good. I think the group itself mm. is flawed. Mm. I mean, you, you got so mm. this is supposed to be a dangerous faction, the Devil Circle, whatever they're called. The, oh, I'm sorry, the Undisputed Kingdom. This is supposed to be a dangerous faction, but Roddy and the Kingdom have been doing comedy for the past six months. Now I'm supposed to take them seriously as a as a threat. Like what? Wardlow has been gunning for Wardlow. I mean, Wardlow's been gunning for MJF. They've been doing video packages for this man. He's been chasing him around. So he'll chase him. Then he'll go in the back, I guess, and put a mask on and chase him again. Like, everything just didn't make sense <laughs> leading up to the whole reveal, right? So for me, I'm like, okay, cool. Y'all done fudged up the whole mask thing. Let's see what we can do with the mask off, right? Now Now that, like, that, that crutch is gone, right? Okay, now let's get on the mic. Adam Cole and get this faction like there. And he didn't do it. I think this is actually one of uh, Adam Cole's worst promos I've I heard him mm. say. And, you know, and and see one of the things about Adam Cole, like he's a little guy. Legit, he's a little guy. I, I want to say, because I'm a little guy too, but I I, I think I'm taller than, than Adam Cole. He walked by me and I'm like, oh snap. I think we're about the well, I think we're like the same. But he talks like a big man. Mm-hmm. He talks with conviction. And I didn't hear conviction in his voice doing that promo. He can't believe the payoff either. He's like, I gotta go out there and tell this story. But He's hopeless hey, too. Your joke, I think that's, I think that's, I think you're right. Mm. I think, I, I didn't hear the same conviction in that strong, tall man, Adam Cole, when he cut that promo. I think he knows that this whole thing is dead in the water. Oh, and by the way, Wardlow is going to hand me the championship. Like, right? We know we what's going to happen. We storylines. We already, see, now we already know what's going to happen with this thing, right? They're not going to be that cohesive. <laughs> like, we already know that Wardlow is going to, he already stooged off a little bit. He kind of went, you know, he kind of did like the little wink, wink type yeah. thing, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So we already know where this thing is going. Guys, this company just isn't good with this type of stuff they're just not like right and you brought up you brought up a great point e you brought up imagine if warlow had been off tv for months before yeah. the unveiling at in the world's end where he pulls the mask off and it's warlow everyone would have like, no. been a gasp you're like oh no warlow he finally got him back right but then yet that doesn't happen and then and i see and i try not to dissect what was bad about um, this storyline, like one of my major flaws with the storyline was Roddy kept saying MJF was the devil. 
even though he knew he wasn't. That doesn't make sense. Like, and they didn't bring that up again, but he would come out every single week on TV and say, MJF is the devil, but he's down with the devil. That has to make sense somewhere, somehow, some way, and, and it just doesn't. I, 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 I will see, but I am now at a point where I expect nothing else from this storyline, and I expect nothing else from this faction. If I get something great, and that should not be the case. This should not be the case. Should not be the case. Mm-mm. And you think um, about like their their faction history, man, is is pretty bad, right? Like the pedicle. That didn't work out. I think there's another faction they had that didn't work out. Um, they they're, they're not they're not they're not they don't have great batting a uh, averages right now with these factions. I thought Prince Nana had a fantastic night on Dynamite. I, I got to shout him out. It was that the dance off. Uh, that was the main event. Okay, yeah, okay, with him, okay, with, okay, with okay, him yeah. and, and uh, Garcia, which was awesome. <laughs> like that, that I was thoroughly sports entertained. The whole look <laughs> side to side, and now they're dancing off. Give that to me all the time. Uh, but Swerve and Garcia killed, which I, I love that match too. But Nana was so awesome in the backstage promo with Swerve, um, and then Swerve making a comment about going after Joe. And I had talked about with you guys, and I think I may have even tweeted it, like. The, the the timeline, the proper timeline. Joe has the belt. Let's get that belt on Swerve at Revolution. Swerve holds that belt until All In, where Osprey beats it, beats him for that title in his hometown. That is your thread, AEW. That is how that world title makes you look. I'm not a huge fan of only having the belt on Joe for a couple months, but I think having him kind of stabilize that over the next few months until March. And then letting Swerve run with that thing from March to your biggest show of the year against Osprey and Osprey's hometown. Oh boy, give me that, give Absolutely. me that. But um, the last thing I do want to nitpick, and then we can get out of here, because AEW does so many things well. So I gotta shout them out when they do something well. But then they'll, in my opinion, shit right on it. Mm. Takeshita, y'all know I'm a, I'm so high on Takeshita. Him and Darby. Chef Kiss match, right? Maybe the match of the year so far. It's only we're only seven days. <laughs> that German suplex spot outside the ring. It was a it was a double rolling German suplex that Takeshita gave Darby Allen. On NXT, there was a spot where Joaquin Phoenix was launched from the ring. <laughs> To the entranceway. Wow. Beautiful looking spot. Mm. They proceeded to show it 32 times to tell you it was a big deal. And it has not stopped being on NXT's social media since. This is where some fans will say, oh, Matt, you just want to be spoon fed to tell you what's important. No, I want you to tell your audience what's important. Mm Mm-hmm. That German suplex spot equated to rolling Darby Allen in the ring for a two count. I think, I think they may have replayed it once. That is a spot. And I, I've talked about this and I continue to talk about it. You are conditioning your audience to not understand these are real human beings and these moves hurt. You got to be able to protect the talent from themselves, and protect these major moves 
the way that should have went down is you give me that double rolling German suplex. That's an incredible spot. Should be all over social media still. But then what you do to protect that spot, have to catch the turn cocky right there. He goes over to Don, who's Don is on commentary. Maybe they hug, right? Maybe they high five. Maybe they look around and the crowd is giving them and they're doing all that. Referee is out checking on Darby. Oh man, this looks bad for Darby. I, I know we see Darby take some crazy moves, but that was, look at, look at this. Check this out. Replay it four or five times. Have to catch the goal over there. Roll Darby in the ring. Referee still checking on Darby. To catch them walking around. Posing, whatever the case. Cocky smile, whatever he does. Milk it. Milk it. Milk it. Milk it. Milk it some more. So at the end of the day, we think about that double rolling German suplex as the major huge move that it was and not just another spot to get from point A to point B. And that's all it was in that match. They, they just do so many awesome things that they just jump on top of it and you forget about it. If this is being called spoon fed, then I like my, my, my food warm because when that happened, I'm like, oh my God, I have never seen this before. This is incredible. Holy hell. I should still like remember that. I, I forgot about it. And that's what, four days later? And I forgot about that move. Just like the Joaquin Phoenix jumping off of the rope, launching off. I remember that. I completely forgot about Takeshita. If I'm a spoon-fed person, then so be it. Because that should have been those spots where, oh my God, I will remember this for weeks to come. When I think about Takeshita, I'm going to remember that he did something that I've never seen before. I've been watching wrestling for 25 years. I've never seen that before. Why did I forget it just less than a week later? How did you feel about it um, when you watched it real time, Rhodesia? I thought it was incredible, and I was pissed. I was like, that should have... Why isn't they out there still? Why are you going for a cover right now? And then <laughs> you don't win. I, I don't want to end the show had, like this. I'm I, end the show I, honestly, I honestly had no problem with it, guys. Not Did one. you watch it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say because you didn't watch it. No, I had no problem with it. No. Because <laughs> that's, that's, that's their style. We've been watching this for, for five years now. Yeah, These but when I get something brand new, spots. like something brand new I've never that's, seen that's before. What, that's, what, that's what they do. Make it important. Yeah, that's make it important. It's, it's, a, it's a crash and burn show. I mean, you think about the, the final moments of that match, right? We got a, you know, a big off the top rope German suplex, like right, mm -hmm. and Darby Allen ain't dead yet. He gets up and gets the middle finger. Where's air horn at? And so then, and then he, he finally gets finished with that little knee. Yeah, that's that's what we do. Like right, that's 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 what we get with that show. So that's why when I watch these matches. Or even a show, and instead of me saying it's a ten, I'll say it's like I'll say it's seven. I'll say it's a seven point five because of things like that that take you out of the moment, right? It could be a hell of a match, but there's so many small little things that just breaks up that really disengages you from like um, like from the actual match, right? It's like when mm -hmm. you have when you ha let's say I have my 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 brother in law over 
to to, to, to watch this, right? And he sees these things happen and he sees these guys kicking out. He's like, man, this, this, he's not, oh my God, I can't believe it happened. He's like, oh, this shit's fake. Mm-hmm. Right? Because in real life, these things will kill somebody. And these guys are getting up acting like the stuff doesn't happen. Like, like that's why for me, the show is a seven, a seven five for those types of things. But also understand that's what I'm going to get when I watch these shows. Like, right? So it just is what it is. That's, that's what we're getting with AEW. And it it just sucks because Darby is turning into when now now when you see Darby take a move, it's more about Darby taking the move than it is a person who's delivering the move. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't be the case. Even back in the day when Jeff Hardy was doing his craziness, it was about the person who gave Jeff Hardy that crazy move more so than it was. Oh, that's Jeff being Jeff. We we said that a lot, but it was more about okay in the in the in the moment. I Man, I can't believe what Taker just did to Jeff Hardy. I can't believe what the Delhi boys just did to Jeff Hardy. With Darby, it's becoming more of just, man, Darby's going to be crippled by the time he's 30 and people just move on from it. Yeah. It sucks, and, man. And, and you know what? The thing is, it comes down, it, it comes back, back to leadership in AEW because you, the moments that you mentioned are in WWE. Like that match wouldn't have been laid out and happened that way in WWE because they, Somebody would have allowed the agents to properly structure that match to make everything make sense and mean something. It's pretty, it's pretty rampant that they say that the, you know, the, the young guys do what they want back there. And this is what we get. Let's end on a happy note. I don't okay. have anything happy. Oh, so wow. I, need y'all, <laughs> I need y'all to figure it out, but I don't want to end on, which it kind of just feels like AEW hate, but I, I struggle to put a, Curtain back a little bit. I struggle a lot of times with talking AEW because I don't want to come across as just like the AEW hater, but I'm I'm kind of I'm getting I'm past that now. Anybody who listens to us and, and knows we want just everybody to do well. All promotions do well, everybody to do well. So if I have something negative to say, I'm not gonna hold back. There's been numerous times where I've kind of held back in the last like more like over the last four to six weeks than probably like any other time during our tenure of doing the pod. Uh, because I'm worried about having that stigma of, oh, all you, all you guys care about is WB. Oh, man, WB can't do anything wrong, and AEW can't do anything right. And that's not the case, but I got to call some of this out like I see it. Uh, but I don't want to end the show like on a negative thing. So can anybody end it on a positive? Yeah. I, I love we got the Mariah May package that we talked about really quickly, the video package she's goes crazy talking about how you gonna debut on my debut of course i think about the butt the butt so you know <laughs> she diana's is an aw that is amazing love it love it love it love it love it so for me my takeaway from and we had a great dance off too with danny and the prince nana but i think every week aw has great matches they just got to put it together and at what point do one they just can never put it together you come to a realization for that or are they going to do something about it because it is five years in now the honeymoon stage is now officially over now i gotta put you to the fire i gotta i gotta start holding you accountable i got to i've been the aw pro aw person on this show i still am but again i'm gonna call it out because I, there are standards you gave me a cr- oh no we say we're gonna end it on a happy note so diana welcome to aw you look great um, even though Mariah May hated your outfit choice for your day, but but I I love it. Hey, I think that Dynamite was a good show. Minus mm-hmm. the promo. 
and I didn't get to finish about Mariah May. The reason why I said she's six out because mm-hmm. she's that good. Mm-hmm. I think get her away from that. I think I really enjoyed her her match of the Queen. Man, she was good in that too. Like, why isn't she signed yet? And she Mariah really May, yep. Mariah May stood out as well. I love her line when uh, you know Deanna said like, "Hey, tell Tony Storm X, Y, and Z." And then Mariah was like, "Tell yourself, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go. Like, let that girl go, man. She's gonna be a star for that company, y'all. I agree. Good job. Thank you guys for ending on the positive note, and thank you guys for listening to the pod. Two episodes away from 100 episodes. That is just such a big deal. When we got to, I think, 25 or 50, I said the majority of podcasts don't get past, like, I think six weeks or something like that, or six episodes. So for us to get to 100, um, and you guys listen and enjoy our content and watch us on YouTube weekly, uh, we really, really, really appreciate it. So we got to figure out something special to do uh, for episode 100. We do have some special things coming in January got with ryan from the parallax effect and we will be doing the watch along of the iron man match that will be in a couple weeks so we will of course set you guys up have hopefully you guys watch along with us on peacock or wb network if you guys are outside the country watch with us i said a couple months ago i don't think it's gonna hold up we will see uh release has never seen it he hadn't it's been about a decade or so since he has seen it also that's gonna be fun and we are going to do our top 20 superstar list that same week. So you guys remember on last podcast, we talked about the Sting thing. Got some really good feedback too from uh, a lot of you guys around if, where you would put Sting after even after the podcast. So thanks for you know hitting us up on Twitter and, and YouTube. Um, and I still haven't figured out my list yet, but we're going to find out. We're all going to give our top 20 list of superstars of all time and, and talk through that. So that should be a really, really fun show also. So we got that coming down for you. And then, like I said, next week, episode 100, which should be fantastic. So we are out of here, guys. We'll be back on Wednesday. I'm sure to break down Monday Night Raw, which I'll be watching on delay because Michigan Wolverines will be playing for the national championship on Monday. So go blue, and we will talk to you guys then. Peace.